Blog Talk Radio. Bozar on a play action deep down the middle to Brown. He's there. Brown's on the way. This will be a touchdown. 73 yards. Eddie Brown. There it goes off tackle to the right, and Bentley gets in the end zone for Miami. They picked it up well. Brown, touchdown. I can't say very much except this. Yeah. You've come a long way. Nobody in the world thought you could come this far. Nobody had a wildest dream thought you could do it. Except everybody here. Bernie looking, firing long. Bomb, bomb, there, got it! Another foul! What do you call? I don't know. Second and short, like a free play down the middle. Dennison, he scores! Bernie takes, gives, Bentley 5, 3, 2, touchdown Miami! You're right down to the guts of it right here, friends. 31 to 30, going for two. Gill takes, looks, rolls, throws, deflected away! Deflected away! I think you could see out there in that stadium tonight what it really meant to this community and how totally involved and totally committed they were to this game tonight. This has been a love affair that's been developing for five years. Tonight was the uh, fulfillment of a dream that, uh, I say fulfillment, it might just be the beginning of a dream. The beginning of a dream it was, Canes fans, and here we are 30 years later, getting ready to honor those 1983 national champs and Coach Howard Snellenberger on opening night as the Miami Hurricanes begin a new season on Friday night at Sun Life Stadium against the Florida Atlantic University Owls. Welcome to a new edition of Canesport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it will be driven by your participation. Everyone's free to call in the entire night and engage in discussion on any Miami Hurricane-related topic all night long. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We'll have 50 phone lines open all night long. There will be plenty of room for everybody. But our first caller of the night is a man who needs no introduction. Friday night at Sunlight Stadium, he'll be the proudest person in the entire building as he serves as the honorary captain for both the Miami Hurricanes and the FAU Owls. He gave birth to FAU football, but not before he gave birth to what modern-day fans know as University of Miami football since the 1980s. He took the head coaching job at UM in 1979, and five years later, he presided over that miracle in Miami that you heard at the opening of the show, a national championship victory over Nebraska that changed the course of college football history. Howard Schnellenberger, we're honored to have you tonight on Team Sport Live. I hope after those highlights that we played in the show open that we don't have you in tears. Well, I'm delighted to be with you here tonight. Uh, you're right, it's the beginning of a... Exciting weekend for not only the uh, Miami Hurricanes, but for the Owls up in Florida, Florida Atlantic. And uh, I'm delighted to be on your show. I'm delighted to be reunited with you for all, after all these years. 
Yeah, Coach, you know, we definitely, um, we go back a little bit, um, I guess, fortunately and, and kind of unfortunately. But, you know, I know I've been doing this for more than 30 years, and, and there's two moments that stand out very vividly in my mind as I look back. Uh, the first was 1979. I was a wide-eyed freshman at the University of Miami, and I began my career covering the hurricanes with a visit to your office. And in that meeting, I remember your exact words as you urged me to jump on board and support the program. You told me we are on a collision course with the national championship, and you said the only variable is time. And everyone listening tonight knows what happened five seasons later after you and I had that meeting. And then it was 15 years after that. I remember, again, sitting with you inside a trailer that was serving as your office out of Florida Atlantic University as you prepared to launch that program. And you told me in that trailer that one day FAU, which wouldn't even play a game for two more years in 2001, would start and would start out in Division II football. You told me that one day FAU would be playing the University of Miami in football. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you were a little nuts. But I knew better than to doubt you, and here we are, Coach, 12 seasons later. Um, the Owls are opening in Sun Life Stadium against the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, talk a little bit for us about what Friday night is going to mean to you. Well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful night because uh, I can't lose. Uh, each of those teams uh, hold a special place in my heart, obviously. And uh, both of those programs uh, had similar beginnings. And uh, the University of Miami, obviously, some 20, uh, some 30 years, 35 years uh, older than it was when uh, we first got there in 79, have uh, demonstrated that when a group of young coaches and young players and and a fan base that – uh responded and and took charge and uh there's almost nothing that they can't accomplish the uh the uh owls uh are only beginning their uh drive to the national championship but they've got all the uh necessary ingredients in place and i was so delighted that i was able to stay long enough develop it to a point where we could uh, build a 30,000-seat stadium uh, that's expandable to 65,000 and uh, and uh, have a real opportunity to uh, to uh, not duplicate but to uh, but to do uh, similar things that the University of Miami has done well this is the 13th year of FAU football and uh, like I like I guess a lot of your career, I mean it's been quite a ride uh, up there in, in, in Boca Raton. Um, you know, began with the mantra of football in paradise, and um, you built it up, you know, from nothing. And, and... Do you remember when when I told you to come up come up and uh, help us in night two thousand and uh, the year two thousand when we had our first team? Uh, no, uh, ninety eight, ninety nine when we before we had our first team, we were going to have a big bonfire and a, a pep rally, and we were going to invite the students and all in to come in to, to come to come to that bonfire and pep rally because we had to learn how to uh, execute a bonfire and 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 the pep rally so that when the <laughs> team finally got there, uh, we would be ready to go. 
I remember that bonfire. That was uh, that was quite a night. And you know, the thing that's always, you know, obviously, you know, we've had hundreds of hours of conversations. But the thing that always amazed me is how prophetic you always were. And you know, you would talk about things like being able to stand on top of a press box at a stadium and see the ocean, and that there was no place else in America that anybody was going to be able to do that. <laughs> and and, and, and lo and behold, you, you know, you, you took me on a tour of the stadium right after it was built, and we went in. The first place you took me was to the top of the press box, and there it was. You know, there was. The yeah, ocean. And we looked out. We looked out on the on the circular drive coming up to the north. Uh, north the end of the stadium where the uh, valet parking was only in Boca can you have a, a <laughs> circular uh, valet parking area right outside your stadium but yeah I don't know how yeah. you do it you know I'm, I'm sure you have a better idea but you know you you I mean throw these things out there and and somehow they they managed to come to fruition and um, it's been quite a ride at Florida Atlantic. I know, you, you know you've been toying with the idea of writing a book about your experiences there and you know giving birth to this program and, and bringing it up. And you know you got to the point where you're in Division One AA and, and you became a dominant team there, and then you know made the move up to Division One. And um, well, that's not, you know, that's it's, not it's, been, it's probably fact, been a little bit tougher. Don't don't let's not leave out the fact that we uh, got into the Sun Belt Conference in our fifth year of existence, uh, won it in the sixth year of our existence, uh, went to New Orleans and beat the Memphis State badly uh, to uh, to uh, take our first major step into uh, big time football, and a year later go up to uh, Michigan, uh, Detroit, Joe uh, Joe. The great boxer Joe uh, Lewis Stadium and uh, beat East Carolina. I mean Eastern uh, Michigan and uh, go back to back bowl winners when no other team in the state, including Florida and Florida State, had done that in those two years. So we uh, yeah. we got off to a running start. Absolutely, and, and you know the, the dreams kept getting bigger and bigger. And then at some point there, it became tougher for you. And and I've I've always wondered, like you know, what changed? What dynamic changed there around 2009? Um, I, I know that the, the, the scheduling was incredibly aggressive out of conference to pay the bills you know, and things like know that. How, you know how incredible that was. We played 25 teams that uh, we called money games, so we could keep our keep our doors open. And I won uh, one out of them that we beat Michigan, uh, Minnesota, uh, down here in the third game of our series. And uh, we go 24 losses and one win. And uh, that was very uh, trying on our football team. Well, you know, and, and watching it from the outside, I always felt that because the program was forced to schedule so aggressively to pay – to pay the freight and 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 keep things going in in forward motion, um, that by the time you got into conference games, um, and I know you always believed in playing anybody, any place, any time, but yeah, it just seemed we, like at times that, that that those kids were a little bit beaten up and out of gas. Well, uh, what happened uh, after those two great years with those bowl games? I had been promising a stadium uh, to the kids that were going to come in and that uh, we would have a legitimate chance to play for the national championship while we were there. But uh, after uh, several years of that stadium not appearing, uh, 
uh, it became harder and harder to uh, recruit the kinds of talent that we had recruited in the previous years. So our talent level dropped off, and uh, we ran out of quarterbacks in the last year, and uh, that was, in fact, the reason why we tapered off at the end. But the big thing was that we hung it together long enough to get a stadium there that that stadium, this football team now, is poised to, to follow the destiny that it was born with. We've got a new stadium. We've got a new conference. We've got a new coach. We've got a new athletic director and a new st- uh, president coming in. So the, 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 the rocket ship is on the launch pad, and now it's ready to be ignited. And one of the things that you always said that you were going to make happen was a move into a, a major conference. And um, this Conference USA move is, is the next step you know, towards that. You know what screwed up my plans? The demise of the Big East Conference after yeah. we had gotten our stadium. And uh, we were all focused in on the Big East. And then they started losing They started losing their best teams. And it became obvious that uh, that was not the best direction for us to go. So thank goodness the uh, Conference USA was there available to us. And this is a good next and now- step. Hello. And now here they are opening the season. Yeah, now here they are. They're you know opening the season against Miami. And um, how big is that for, for FAU? And 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 does it take the program to another level of you know say credibility in the, the old state of Miami, that the South Florida area, to be able to open the season with the Hurricanes? Well, it's, it is a major thing, and I I want to thank. Uh, President Shalala and our our president, our former president, uh, M.J. Saunders, they're the two that uh, orchestrated this game. They they got together independently and they thought it through and uh, that this would be a great game uh, for both schools, us to uh, uh, eventually uh, us to bring in our fans. Uh, it's a home game for us as far as distance is concerned. And uh, they could play another another team from out of state or something and bring them in as a as a home game. But uh, uh, this first year, we probably are not going to fill the uh, North Stands. Uh, but this is not a, just a game. This is a series of games in a, a, a three-game series over a five-year period. And that is monumental in the development of Florida Atlantic University. It had to be an upside for the University of Miami or they wouldn't have been charitable enough to give us this game. But to give us this game and an opportunity to come back after a year and have Miami come to our stadium and then the balance of the next year to go to their place uh, is in the liking to uh, what happened in the early 20s when uh, the University of Alabama was a big school in Alabama and Auburn was just getting started. They started playing each other, and it developed into a major producer of interest and and, and money and uh, enthusiasm, and just like it does at LSU and Vanderbilt uh, and Tulane and and uh, Tennessee and and uh, and uh, Kentucky, two big rival games, but rivalries are the 
life's blood of this game of American football. And uh, so this is this is more than just a game being played. This is a series, a game in a series of games that's going to be played that is going to be absolutely beneficial to both schools and will allow us to uh, to learn how to play at this level and to uh, attract the great group of players that are here in South Florida uh, to Florida Atlantic and uh, beat out the uh, carpetbaggers that come in here from north of uh, uh, the state of Florida. Well, you know, I mean, if it goes well, like, you know, we think it probably will, it, it's probably a series that you'll see continue because um does a lot of things for the University of Miami, uh, give them a home and home where they can bust to the road game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you have a local school that can hopefully bring fans to the stadium. And, um, oh, I the, will. I will. You know, we got yeah. more alumni. We got more alumni in South Florida than any other school because we're a commuter school. And commuter, right. commuter students graduate, they go back to their home. If you're 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 up you're going to school at Florida, you live on campus. But when you graduate, you leave Gainesville and go back to your hometown. And and uh, this is much like Miami. Most of the Miami kids uh, are from down this way. And and when they leave school, uh, they move back to their homes and uh, and uh, just take their first jobs here and and raise families here and. We got 150,000 alumni here in uh, the three counties: uh, Palm Beach, Broward, and, and Dade County. Well, I think uh, C- Coach Pelini just has to make sure that they don't screw it up the way Florida International did and start a brawl. <laughs> oh my <laughs> you know, FI, God! FIU got Miami on the schedule, and then you know you, you know, know yeah, yeah, you know uh, that's that's you thinking back on that. That without that happening, that would have been the uh, rivalry, and we would not been. They, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't want to play two two schools from down here. So that's a, that's a, one of those belated blessings. Yeah, you know, and it's amazing how things. How you know, Coach Politi said the other day, he says, "If this game becomes personal, we're in trouble." <laughs> so um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to you know just to see you know how it evolves. But um, before we, I want to obviously talk to you about the the 1983 reunion. But before we get to that, um, just tell us in summary where this FAU program is right now. Are you pleased um, with, with the direction it's moving forward with Carl Pelini and, and what yeah, do you think sure. for the Alex Friday night? Yeah, I sure do. When you bring a, game, a, a coach in from Nebraska, uh, you bring a lot of uh, credibility and, and a lot of know-how. And this young man is uh, in his first uh, uh, head coaching job. And uh, he's doing all the right things. Uh, his motto is, uh, we're going to build this program brick by brick. Well, that's a very sound and great way to do it. And uh, he's, he's carrying that out. Unfortunately, uh, uh, he's got a new style of offense, so he, he's starting over with uh, quarterbacks. And he's got four top-of-the-line quarterbacks for his system, but they've never played in a college football game. So... We're going to have to work our way through that, but he's got a lot of great athletes on this football team, and uh, and he's, he's he's done the the basic things that needed to do to uh, work your way uh, up the ladder of success through hard work and uh, 
and uh, great play on uh, play play on the field. Defense has got to be uh, has got to be the uh, best part of their their team in order for them to stay with anybody. Apparently, he's planning on playing all four of those quarterbacks Friday night. Uh, three of the four, maybe. I think the uh, the guy that was uh, the number one is going to be running a lot of wide receivers, and he's a he should be a really good one of that them because he's a big guy with a lot of speed and a lot of, a lot of know how. So you know, it should be kind of interesting just to see this you know young Al team um, evolve and um, obviously look to improve yeah. as they go into their conference USA schedule. Um, well, see the here. other thing. The, the other thing that uh, the other thing that uh, can come out of this thing is there can be a there can be a uh, fans that uh, live halfway between uh, you know that live up here in the uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Boca, West Palm, West Palm areas uh, that can become. Uh, Dual fans. They could be a fan of both of our schools because if you go through a season, uh, teams that the home, the, there are a lot of times that uh, one team is going to be out of town, and uh, and the other team will be playing in town. So uh, we could get some crossover there that would help both both schools. No, no doubt about it. Um, all right, let's segue into 1983. And before we talk about it a little bit, I wanted to play for you some comments that. One of your former players, Coach Art Kehoe, made this week in anticipation of Friday night. Howard Schnellenberger is a well. If you look, if you look at Howard's background, it's it's a, it's amazing. I mean, he was an All-American at Kentucky. He played for Bear Bryant. He coached for Bear Bryant and was on national title teams coaching Joe Namath and Kenny Stabler. And you know, then he then went to the LA Rams and was the first. I think he was the first special teams coach in NFL history, and he was and he was the defensive coordinator for the Fierce Enforcer. You know, so then he goes to, to the to the Dolphins and and they go undefeated. He's the offensive coordinator. I think this guy's a pretty good coach, man. Before he came here and took a program that was heck, we were we were my my junior year we voted six to five to to keep football. We were going to drop football, and 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 then he took it from there to a to a national title. So. I mean, the guy's an unbelievable coach, unbelievable recruiter, thorough, organized. I was lucky as heck to, to GA and learn under those coaches and him. And, and to see what he did with this program was amazing to me. We hadn't gone to a bowl game in 17 years, and, and uh, heck, we couldn't pay the phone bill. You know, and now we got five national titles and played for 11 of them. So, uh, and he's, he's the main fabric of all that. You know, he started it all, and, and he fought. Unbelievably to, to maintain it, you know. And I bet if you ask him, he'll, he'll tell you that he never wanted to leave this place. Well, that was Art Kehoe uh, talking about his former coach, uh, Howard Schnellenberger. And, uh, Coach, how special is it for yourself and, and everyone involved to get together on these milestones and reflect on those accomplishments? Well, sports and a lot of other things are built on tradition and on uh, on uh, great events. And uh, uh, to celebrate uh, some great event like uh, this event of 1983 uh, is a uh, way of going back and reflecting and living again what happened. 
uh, it also gives the uh, youngsters. Well, that are you know, here I now, mean, it's one thing to talk. Okay. Sir. Are you all still there? Yeah, we're here. We're sorry for we guess we're having a little echo, but uh, go ahead. We're with you, Coach. Yeah, I was just saying uh, it's 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 great for the, uh, t- uh, the the kids that are on the team now to go back and get a history lesson and and to uh, relive what uh, their predecessors have done, the ones that were the uh, pioneers before they came in, and it also gives them a, a, a real uh, goal to reach. And uh, so it's it's a it's a very it's a very fundamentally uh, sound principle to go back and revisit these things and uh is also a, a source of great pride that those that uh were involved and the fans that were there we had, let's not take the fans out of this you know the university of miami fans were dog cussed and, and berated because uh they didn't fill the stadiums in the uh, 50s and uh 60s and and uh early and 70s for that matter and uh, had to play on Friday nights and all those things. And and for those for those people to uh, as soon as we they, we showed them that, that we had the caliber of kids to get it done with the Kellys in the fourth uh, eighth game of uh, his redshirt freshman year going up to Penn State, which I called the pivotal game. That was a game that turned the whole thing around. Um, they they came out in numbers, and not only did they come out with numbers, they came out with great enthusiasm. And uh, I'm hard pressed to find out any uh, any uh, group of, of uh, metropolitan fans, fans that live in big towns, support uh, their their local private school, and uh, they're out there uh, they're out there being louder and and, and more re, uh, res, resilient and more uh, dramatic than, than most. And uh, they're a big part of this great dynasty that's been built here. And while I'm talking about dynasty, I want everybody to know that my way of thinking, and I've been watching this for some 65 years, that uh, what, is, what the, this group of kids did to to give birth to the, or give possibility to this, this program becoming a dynasty program and, and the best, best dynasty that's ever been played in, 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 uh, this great game of American college football. And, uh, that's the thing to behold right here, right here in, in South Florida. I make the statement that, uh, the thing that's surprising about this is the University of Miami was the first team in the state uh, to win the national championship, we we had to teach Florida, uh, you know, Florida State, Bobby, and 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 Florida uh, Spurrier, and and uh, and uh, uh, how to win the national championship. And it didn't, I'm surprised that it took us winning it four times before they figured it out. That's Coach Howard Snellenberg joining us on Kane Sport Live as the Miami Hurricanes get ready to celebrate their 30-year anniversary of that 1983 national championship. And, Coach, you know, it, it's one thing to talk about something that magical. It's another to make something like that happen. And when you started talking about national titles in 1979, were you being a salesman? And tell us the truth. 
were you being a salesman or did you really believe that you could do it? And if you did, did you think you could do it as quickly as you did? Well, well, I, you know, you made a statement about, uh, and, and the only variable is time. I wasn't going to correct you on it, but I have to correct you now. That was a statement I made at Louisville to, to the Louisville Cardinals <laughs> because I knew it. I knew we couldn't win it in five years, like I had said down here in Miami. I, I had said that because. Oh no! You uh, told me that. that I was sitting in your office, Coach. You, you, told, you no, told me that. You was, told me that face to was, face. I remember it like. No, I said we would win the <laughs> national championship in five years, and you can go back and document it a hundred different ways. You go up to Louisville, and you'll find that that's what I said there because we had. I knew we had to go through three years of uh, trying times because we only had five players on the team up there that were Division One players. So I said there, uh, the University of Louisville is on a collision course with the national championship, and the only variable is time. Uh, I would have never said uh, that down here in Miami because I only had five years. They had voted, they had voted to drop football uh, before I got the job, and uh, when I got the job, they told me they were going to rescind that, but they went back into the conference and, and they tabled it for five years. If we didn't win something in five years, they were going to drop to Division One AA. So that's when I called the press conference and said, we'll win the national championship in five years. <laughs> so you really did you really believe it? Sure I did. Why, you think I'm a liar? No, 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 no. I was, I was just curious. You know, I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to keep the program alive. You know, you, you got to keep the trustees on board. Um, I was just curious, you know, years later now, as you reflect back, if, if you, you know, I mean, I mean, you think about where you were coming from and to win the national title in five seasons. Was what did I obviously, have to lose? Well, oh, I know. I understand that. And it, but it, it was one of the no, most amazing my, accomplishments in college football history. My, my point was the only thing that the University of Miami lacked when I got there was an understanding that they had vast resources there. They had the best stadium in America. The Grand Old Lady, the Orange Bowl, the Dolphins were playing there. Fifty, forty-five uh, bowl games have been played in there, and they thought it was too big. We'd never be able to fill it. Then they said the schedule was too too uh, tough. We'll never be able to beat that. Well, hell, you fight your life to get a schedule like they had, and they couldn't recruit. Then they thought they couldn't recruit local kids. Well, they didn't try. They they flew over all the good kids and went up to Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. New Jersey had brought back second best. So I knew all that, and uh, I knew that they they were in a deep, dark state of depression, and they needed a music man or a uh, Pied Piper or whatever you want to call it to uh, tell them they could be good and, and to go out and uh, shout it from the mountaintops and, and, and then tell that to your coaches when you bring them in. Don't come in here if you don't want to win the national championship because that's what we got to do. And uh, if you volunteer to do that, you're going to have to outwork everybody else. And then to go get the kids there in Carroll City and Overtown and on up to uh, I-4 where we quit, where we drew the drew the uh, boundary, the, that was the upper boundary of the state of Miami, and we were going to, we were going to use all nine of our coaches just to recruit that area, and that would out, that would double the amount of coaches that would come in from out of state or Florida or Florida State. They wouldn't put all their all our coaches in that area, 
And uh, we could out-recruit them, and we did. We bloodied their nose, sent them back up north, uh, and 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 uh, Charlie Pell and Bobby just couldn't get anybody down here. And so uh, we put together a, a great group of kids that uh, turned out to be the dynasty. You know, you mentioned the schedule, and um, it's what, what are your thoughts on what's going on in college football today with scheduling and, and how – it seems like things have changed, and, and, and people are looking to manage their schedules to the point where you you know you have some teams that'll play one decent at a conference game. You, you've got others that won't play any, um, and it's really created a lot of inequity in, in college football, in my opinion, um, and certainly is significantly different than the approach that the University of Miami used to take back in the days when when you took over as coach. Well, we had we we had a great schedule then. And we were tr- recruiting players to meet the uh, the strength of uh, the University of Miami, uh, University of Florida, and the University of Florida State uh, to meet uh, the talent level of uh, Penn State and Notre Dame, and uh, and and by being successful as a recruiter, uh, recruiting and putting those kids together, then you can you can play uh, ten. Uh, Eighty percent of your teams. The, the, the rule of thumb I had was we want to play two teams that were absolutely better than us, so Alabama and Penn State, or those kinds of things. We wanted to play two teams that were not as good as us, and the rest of them we wanted to play as good as we were or better than we were. And if we would do that, then uh, if we would go undefeated, we would have a straight shot at playing for the national championship. If we lose one, we still got a chance to. Uh, maybe go for uh, play in that championship game, but certainly one of the four big bowl games. So uh, yeah, we had a we had a pretty uh, we had a pretty uh, solid plan. How has that gotten lost in college football? Is it because of the salaries that the coaches are making now, and and how much is at stake if you can just get to that nine win barrier and ten wins, you keep your job longer, um, less pressure from alumni and administrations. Um, is it the money that that's that's helped that's made that get lost in college football to where people well, don't want to schedule? It the, I guess maybe the money is what's caused it, but uh, the big problem is, and back in the old days, as long as you uh, put a, a team out there that uh, that handled themselves as as uh, gentlemen and as uh, as uh, college graduates. Uh, they went out and played hard and played uh, played to the best of their ability, and uh, they would they would be consistently uh, you know in the better part of the better part of the, of the uh, one lost uh, thing. Uh, they they could they could have five six years. Uh, now it appears that if uh, if you, if you're not a winner in three years, uh, you're you're pretty much automatically gone. And of course that. No coach should ever have to go into a, into a uh, program uh, with anything less than a five-year contract, and the, that the and the, that the uh, universities would honor that five-year commitment. Um, reflecting back, 1983, were you shocked when Tom Osborne decided to go for two? What? Were you, were you surprised? When he decided to go for two, was there, if he was there no if other he gone, if, he, if he had kicked at a field goal, I would have been flabbergasted. You mean an extra point? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have been flabbergasted. The University of Nebraska coming down here and 
and and kick an extra point to tie a football game? No, but they were a seventeen point. Uh, 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 we were a seventeen point underdog. They, they had uh, they had scored over forty points. The game score actually may have been in the fifties. Uh, they had twenty two wins in a row without a loss. They had the Heisman Trophy winner, the Outland Trophy winner. They had uh, Turner Gill, the best quarterback they've had out there in twenty years. Uh, a fire, the receiver. He was the number one choice in the NFL. I mean, they were they were a seventeen point favorite, and to come up there and kick at a field goal to tie the game, uh, extra point to tie the bowl game, you want to come up there and and win the football game, like any the championship team would do. Yep. And uh, so he didn't take any time. He had, he had thought about that all way before that. He, he had thought about that in a staff meeting several several uh, game, uh, days before. And he was cheered. By, Have you and Coach Osborne the... ever had a – Go ahead. I, have you and Coach Osborne um, ever had a chance to discuss that game and that decision since that night? No, no. We, I've been around him a little bit, but we we didn't get into Never trying to get into his mind mind about what he thought about that. All right. Uh, uh, but, hey, but, but but his his fans out there thought he did exactly the right thing. His team thought he did the right thing. You well, remember you airport? Know, the, do, you, do you remember airport seeking up in Notre Dame? Uh, kicking the extra point to tie it and win the national championship and all the heat he took over that. Yep. Yeah, it's not the way to do it. I mean, you're you're right. It was absolutely um, the right decision. And like you said, I'm sure he had thought about it uh, quite a bit before he was in that situation to make that decision as a coach. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's really amazing the way things happen because, you know, you take that two-point conversion play and, and Kenny Calhoun's tip of that Turner Gill pass um, – that, without question, was one of the most impactful plays in college football history when you consider everything that happened at Miami following the championship. And, um, you know, it, it just was um, a chain of events, so to speak, yeah. and that, that without that's, question, that's, you know. That's, that's what yeah. makes this game of American college football so wonderful because of uh, it's a game of inches and a game of, you know, uh, it's so close when two great teams come together. And and in every game, there are, there well, are Coach, two or three um, plays that make a difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely. Hey, before we let you go tonight, um, people on our canesport.com message boards have had a few subjects that they wanted to hear your opinion on that's uh, near and dear to the hearts of, of Miami fans. And, you know, the first thing I have to ask you is that I, I'm sure you've been watching with interest what Miami's been going through the last few years um, with this NCAA investigation that evolved um, from some questionable activities of a rogue booster. And um, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, how long that they've had to wait um, for the NCAA to make a ruling on this? It's, it's now well, I think, into a th- third season. I think it's just terrible that uh, there, this hasn't been – this this uh, whole thing had uh, been taken care of at least a year ago. Uh, I know there were some other things came up, but uh, you can't you can't uh, the 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 penalty of 
uh, waiting for a ruling to come down is worse than the ruling coming down itself. Once the ruling comes down, it, it can't be very severe. And uh, everybody gets about, goes about their business, and they go ahead and and and, uh, and uh, start moving ahead in their program. Uh, this one is hard to understand, and uh, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Miami has, has suffered way too much for the things that happened there that were, by and large, out of their control. What impact do you think it's had on opposing teams recruiting against Miami the past two years? Well, it's only human nature for to talk about the problems of your opponents. So obviously there, there's been a lot of that uh, going on out there, and uh, you can't you can't control human nature. So, but it, it's 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 got to have uh, it's, it's got to have made recruiting tougher. But if you're uh, a good enough recruiter, and if you uh, are you're picking the right kinds of kids that are picking universities for the right reasons, uh, you can you can still uh, bring in 17. Now, you only have to bring in 17 because that's the average number that each school can bring in in, in the five years that you're there. Uh, you you can bring in enough that you can have an outstanding football team. Um, next thing people wanted you to weigh in on is, is Al Golden. I, I know that one of the first things he did after he became Miami coach was he drove up to Boca and spent some time with you. Um, what were your impressions of Al Golden, and, and what do you think Miami has right now in its football coach? Well, I think he's the best one that they've had since I've been there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I say that because uh, he did something that none of the others did, and uh, – it takes a man of uh, great personal confidence and uh, intelligence, and and to do what uh, being uh, not being self-centered. He asked me to come in and and talk to his team a year ago during the summertime, and not to uh, not to uh, brag about what had happened, but to give them a history of what it was like to be a recruit coming into Miami in 1979, and. Uh, and uh, how difficult it was to make that decision to come to the University of Miami. But uh, that a group of kids did make that decision uh, to come and be special, to be the pathfinders for this new dynasty that we talked about so much. And that uh, in coming to this university in this particular time, uh, was taking on almost a a uh, spiritual uh, uh, position, and that uh, and that uh, in in winning the first national championship, they transformed the University of Miami from suntan U uh, to. A, a private institution of higher learning uh, that would be renowned as the uh, one of the finest teaching and uh, and uh, research institutions in the country, and it would pave the way for others to come in, and then in turn would be able to perpetuate it. So 
they needed to know that uh, things were tough at the beginning in 79 and 80, but the players, through dedication and hard work, took them to the championships, and they then can do that same thing, and they too can become the heroes of this community and and this the University of Miami uh, nation uh, can once again stand up and and uh, declare themselves uh, one of the best in the nation. If he were to ask your opinion on whether to coach at the University of Miami long term um, or, say, test his skills in the National Football League, um, what would you say to him? Well, I would say be sure you know what you're doing before you uh, you uh, you uh, leave a great situation like you may have when you have it at the University of Miami, which he has now, but it can be a lot more more uh, solid in years to come, based upon a couple of really great years, and uh, and to um, don't look. Uh, don't look too strongly, or don't don't be like so many people ever do. Uh, see a greener pastures uh, down the road, or up the road, or in another co- in another league, or in the National Football League, or whatever. But uh, each case is individual. Sometimes uh, things are such as you uh, have to make a move. Uh, sometimes you just make a bad decision. And speaking of bad decisions, the last thing I'm going to ask you about tonight is the Miami-Florida series. And, you know, after Miami and FAU go home on Friday night, you know, preparations are going to begin. And the Hurricanes are going to play the Gators in Sun Life Stadium the next Saturday for what might, unless they meet in a bowl game, could be the last meeting between these two teams for a very long time because uh, Florida athletic director, Jeremy Foley has refused to schedule any more games um, with Miami. Your thoughts on Florida's decision not to continue the Miami series. They're scaredy cats. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's kind of, you know, coming back. That's that's been, that's been going on a long time. Do you remember back in, uh, Ninety uh, eighty-two and eighty-three, when we had to accommodate them, uh, change two of our games. We were playing them. We were playing them uh, the first game of the year uh, for so long, and we uh, they wanted to get out of the games, and uh, and uh, we had to go up there twice in a row, and then they said we had a we had a um, disparity in the neutral sites over the years that we had played and we had to go to Tampa. Remember me going up there and planting the grass seed in the Tampa stadium. So yep. it was our home game, but we were playing it up there. So I took a train load of you all up there and Shorty brought along a sack of, uh, bluegrass, not bluegrass of Bermuda. And we took you sports writers up there and, uh, got off there and we went out there and started planting that grass seed because, we declared that as our home turf, uh, but that's what we had to do to keep the series going. And uh, then I thought they're always looking for straight. a way out. Yeah, they're scared of catch. 
All right, Coach. Well, you know, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight, and it, it's going to be phenomenal as always to see you on Friday, and it, it'll be a big night for FAU. It's going to be a big night for Howard Schnellenberger, a big night for Hurricane fans as everybody gets to remember, um, the, you know, that great run, that five-year run that resulted in that 1983 national title, and it's it's phenomenal to hear that everybody's coming back except for I think three or four guys and. Um, and the ones Looking that are not right coming back, the ones that are not coming back are, are four coaches that are. Uh, 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 you, you got uh, Tressman up there with the with the uh, with the Bears, and you got uh, Alfredo Roberts at Jacksonville. Uh, my trainer, uh, uh, got he's out there with Houston and uh, he's playing the game. So the people that haven't been, aren't able to come back are people that are, that are employed and have to work. Yep. So it's going to be a, a great night. We look forward to it. Look forward to seeing you and uh, thank you again for, for joining us tonight on uh Kane sport live. Well, great, uh, great to be reunited with you. You're doing a super job. Thank you coach. We'll see you Friday. Bye-bye. That was Howard Schnellenberger, the legendary coach, and wow, you can only be begin to imagine what might have happened for Howard Schnellenberger had he stayed all these years at the University of Miami 30 years later, how many national championships he might have won, obviously something that he's played over in, in his mind over and over again, and um, I think it's pretty clear you know, what he thinks about his decision. He certainly hasn't pulled any punches through the years, and you heard what advice he would give Al Golden. Uh, today, if if he were asked that question, what should I do? And uh, but it'll be great Friday night at Sun Life Stadium to see Howard back and um, partaking in the festivities of a new season. All right, Hurricane fans, it's time to get to your phone calls. And God, so much to talk about. We, we've asked you over the last couple of days on the Canesport.com message boards to throw out some topics. Um, Obviously, a whole plethora of things that we could talk about. The new depth chart has come out. There might be another one before kickoff on Friday, Al Golden cautions. But Chantrell Henderson no longer running on the first team. Um, so far, Shayon Green and Anthony Chicklow, they've been able to hold off David Gilbert at defensive end. Thurston Armbrister, Alex Figueroa still competing right up until kickoff at that one outside linebacker spot. Uh, Jimmy Gaines has held off Rafael Kirby in the middle. Tracy Howard in a little bit of surprise, beat out Antonio Crawford for now to start at the one cornerback spot opposite Ladarius Gunter. That one's incredibly close. Everybody's got a lot of questions as to what role Tyreek McCord will have on this team. Why have there been so many transfers? Jontavius Carter, the wide receiver, the latest to depart in this past week. What's the fundamental difference going to be between James Coley, the new offensive coordinator, and Jed Fish's offense from a year ago? Still no decision from the NCAA. What the heck's up with those guys? Are the tight ends on this team, four high-quality tight ends, getting overlooked due to the talent at wide receiver? Is the defense going to play a 4-3 or a 3-4? Everybody seems to be asking that question over and over again. My question to everybody who's asking that question is, what's wrong with playing both, which is what I think the Hurricanes will do? Um, why the struggles in, in recent years recruiting defensive tackles? Um, and then, you know, we we had some lingering topics from last week uh, that we really didn't get a chance to go into in depth. You know, where's the defensive improvement going to come from? Is it going to be the defensive line that's bigger and stronger? Um, guys that were out there last year by default, guys that are on the field in the in the 
you know, key minutes of games now can't even get on the field? Does that mean the defense is going to be better? Will there be better linebacker play, better cornerback play? Um, why has Miami had trouble in, in recent years recruiting defensive tackles? Where's the pass rush going to come from this year? Tyreek McCord and Al-Qadim Muhammad look like they're going to be the third down rush ends. But it's still a question mark because neither one of those guys is a proven pass rusher, although they clearly do have those type of skills. Who's backing up Duke Johnson this year? Who's going to be the power back when Miami needs to pound the rock and get those short yardage uh, gains, at critical moments of gains? Um, what's going on at the quarterback position? You know, Ryan Williams cemented himself as the number two. What's up with Gray Crow? How's Kevin Olsen doing? Um, and then how about that game day experience that everybody's going to begin to enjoy on Friday night at Sunlight with the student section getting moved over to the right, bringing the students closer to the game and midfield and the opposing bench and moving people down from the upper decks, trying to fill that lower deck on a regular basis and grow from there. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that move by the Miami Athletic Department. And uh, we'll begin to see on Friday night um, just how much that's helped the atmosphere at Sun Life Stadium, which I still believe can be good for the Miami Hurricanes. All right, now let's go out to your phone calls. We're going to begin right now in the 256. You are on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Boy, you you just yeah, had we're with you. Go ahead. Yeah, Doing you good. just had uh, two off seasons and a whole season to go through right there, didn't you? I mean, uh, what all you named? I mean, yeah, where can what, we where yeah, can we no start at? Um, but the one thing that we all know that's got to come around is the defense and the defensive recruiting. Um, you know the. Defensive line, they went out and they got us some guys that's going to be plugged in. And as you just said, Gilbert has not been able to out beat Chicolo on one end, so that means Chicolo must be, you know, coming on around. So that's that's really, you know, looking good. Um, linebacker play from Figs. I'm, I mean, I'm really high on this guy. I'm really hoping he brings it for us this year. Um, you know, there, there's enough talent on this side of the ball that with the season going, we win the games, we win our bigger games, and I think the recruiting will take care of itself. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I think it will, and, and there's not a ton of it that has to be done because they've already, you know, come close to filling up most of the class. I do think there there obviously will be a few changes. There will be some ads to it. Um, you've got a lot of scholarships available right now due to some of this attrition, so i I got to believe they're going to be looking to bring five or six recruits in at midterm. Yeah, uh, and you know, that's another in- thing with Al. He, he is, uh, I mean, I never knew that a waiver wire could be worked like he's working it right now. And yeah, the only like, thing that worries me is, you know, I wonder, is he auditioning for the National Football League? Because there, there's no question he's running this program like an NFL camp right now, and, yeah. and, and you're absolutely right. And, and and if they do come in and they they have one successful year, they get drafted. Well, that they they go in as canes. So that just looks good for our program, putting more canes in the NFL. But I mean, I know we have to start with our younger guys, bringing them along. I think we're going to probably. I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to Stucky coming in next year as a JUCO. I think we're probably going to have to have one more good one to go with who we have, you know, Valentine, 
question mark on his grades and everything, but um, hoping he gets it together where he can come in, but so that our young guys can get fully mature physically and mentally. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're probably going to need another JUCO guy to catch these classes up where there's not that big of a gap. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're probably right. So I you've mean, uh, you, you've been studying up pretty good. Are you, are you a you're a Kane Sports subscriber? Oh, no doubt. Um, I, what's your um, uh, what's your login name on the board? <laughs> I know there's gonna be a bunch of them. One. It's Kaniac. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I, well, Kane, I'm a daily blogger, and um, yeah. But there is, uh, I mean, there's so much to you know just be fired up, and and this this season here, I've I've got to admit is the, I mean, I haven't been so jacked and ready for a college game it's been a few years put it that way i mean i am ready for the canes to come out friday night just look crisp i mean execute even our guys that come in as backups i we hope we don't see a big drop off you know um going into the bigger games like florida if we have a big drop off from our ones to our twos that's you know that's where we'll ha- that's where we'll struggle again. So that's what I'm gonna be paying a big attention to Friday night. If the game gets out of hand, we bring in Ryan Williams. I want to see what he looks like in game situation, which I've always been a big supporter of him. I think he's the type of player that you know he may not shine in practice like a lot of guys do. Put in game situations. I think he's savvy. I think he finds a way to get it to our receivers, make plays, and, you know, get points on the board. And I think that was one bad decision that the Miami staff made last year going into the Florida State game. He had practiced all week, took every snap, and, you know, right before the game, they put Steven out there, and, of course, he wasn't at his best, and it showed. And I think even if they would have put RW in starting the second half, we probably hold on to that game. You, I mean, you know, that's my belief. Well, you're anyway. not going to hear me second guess that one. You're <laughs> not going to hear me second guess that one because uh, there is a huge, huge, and, and nothing against Ryan Williams. Obviously, there's a huge drop off between Stephen Morris and Ryan Williams. Stephen Morris yeah. is a special quarterback. He's going to be in the National yeah. Football League. Uh, Ryan Williams probably is not. And um, you know, I don't think there was any other way for the coaches to go. Um, at that point in time. Well, Kaniac, you know, we thank you so much for, for calling tonight and um, hope you'll uh, continue to join us as the season oh, goes no on. Doubt, and, 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 and I, I tell you, it. I share your enthusiasm. I am so stoked for this season. I think this is going to be one of the most exciting hurricane offenses that we've seen. Um, I think, the, you know, I, I was actually telling Coach Nellenberger this when we spoke earlier today. I, I told him I thought the receiver group was as good as any receiver group that Miami's ever had. He thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, but, but, you know, that you're was one about thing guy. you asked about, the difference between uh, Fish and Coley. One of the big things I notice is the demeanor. Uh, Coley just is a calm, cool, collected dude, and he has swag. And he's he's an ideal fit for Miami. And although he might not have been the main play caller, I have no doubts he will get it done this year and get it done big time. All right, Katie, thanks for calling. Hopefully you'll be able to join us again uh, next week. Um, Now we are going to slide on over to the 678, and you are now joining us on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
Hello? Hello? Yeah, you're live on the air on King Sport Live. How are you? Hi, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, Gary, this is Jet Kane. I'm Jet Kane here up in Atlanta. All right. How you doing tonight? I'm good, Gary. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Gary, uh, you know, since this is, you know, Al's third year and got all the pieces together, I haven't seen pieces together like this uh, since 2000, and I'm all jacked up for it. I wanted to ask you, uh, what significance do you think of the interstate rivals that we are facing this year since this is Al's first year uh, facing uh, the Florida State and Florida? And how we do in these games, how do you think that will determine his stretch as far as one of the great Kane coaches? Well, I mean, you know, obviously you're not going to judge a coach's tenure on two games. But, you know, I think you have to look at the Florida State game as being the more important one because that's a conference game. So without question. But, but, you know, this is a unique opportunity here in – um, in a week and a half to to play the Florida Gators because it's something that's not going to happen uh, very often and and you know let's right. be honest Florida's Florida's coming down into Dade County right now uh, and giving Miami a run for their money for the top prospects and um, I think it's important that Miami put a good showing out there and and you know show that this program is headed in the right direction as obviously so many of us think it is and it, it's it's going to be important to put that on display on the field. Um, to continue to build the respect and credibility with the high school coaches throughout the state and the players, and it has to be rebuilt a little bit. I mean, let's remember now it's been a it's been a long nine ten years here, um, and a lot of these kids were you know pretty close to in diapers, you know when yeah, I mean you know a lot of these kids were in diapers. You know, they were in diapers when Miami was last w- winning big and playing in in BCS bowl games. Um, so. Without question, two well, huge, huge my, my games for Al Golden. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying without question, two huge games for Al Golden and the Miami program. Correct, correct. Uh, well, my thing was, you know, and you made the comment earlier or the statement that, you know, a lot of kids have left, uh, you know, the program, and now these are Al guys, you know, who he's handpicked. And, you know, with his third year going into his, program, uh, you know, what he's instilled in his kids, uh, we should go ahead and see the Golden program come to life, don't you think? Oh, there's no question. Yeah, this is Al Golden's team now. Um, you Correct. know, I was doing some I was doing some figuring today, and um, in, if you look at 2010, 2011, and 2012, those three recruiting classes, it, the last year of Randy, Randy Shannon's last real recruiting class, 2010, they signed 30 mm-hmm. players. Um, 14 of those 30 are no longer on the roster. Um, 2011, when Al Golden had to throw that recruiting class together in a month, um, and they were just yeah, they were grab bagging kids left and right. Seven of those 20 kids are no longer on the roster. Um, So that's 21 out of those 50 are no longer here. Um, Then in 2012, they signed 33 kids, and you know that's an incredibly large recruiting class and um you got to really be on top of your game um, as evaluators and a coaching staff if you're going to make all those count and um that's a, lot 11 of of, that's a lot of kids to sign in one year 33 kids and 11 of those are no longer on the roster so you put all those together um and you come up with 34 of the of of those 
classes, and we're not counting this year's recruiting class because it's it's way too early in the game to you know begin begin casting any kind of judgment on this year's recruiting class. I agree. But that's I agree. 34 I agree. out of it. Yeah, 34 out of 83, no longer on the roster. So it's safe to say that the guys that they feel don't fit for whatever reason are, are pretty much no longer here. And, yes, this is very much Al Golden's team that he'll bring on the field on Friday night and through the season. Um, and, you know, as fans, I know everybody always wants to be able to, you know, cast judgment. You know, I think now, here in year three, you can fairly start to judge um, Al Golden, Mark D'Onofrio, and – and, and everybody else, um, you know, with some credibility. I, I don't think that was the case the first two years. I know not everybody agrees with me. Um, but now year three, I think you're going to start to see what kind of program Al Golden is able to put together. Um, thanks so much for, for calling tonight, and um, hopefully you'll you'll join us again um, next week. We're going to jump now to the 770, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yeah. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Yeah, who's this? This is Steven 37. I got a couple of things. I agree with you about the receivers. I just think the route running over the last eight, five years, uh, yeah, five to eight years, they just haven't been running all the routes that's available to them, and the tight end hasn't been absolute. And another thing, hey, you, you had me blocked for some comments I made on the board for about eight months. I've been on there for eight years. I tried to get them to give me a new uh, a new account, but they told me not to give it up, and I've been sending you emails. Can you can you reopen my account? And I got you, season tickets. I'm going to be at the Florida game next weekend. I'm coming down Wednesday. You, you messed up, huh? All right, do this. Um, Email, email me at uh, canesport at bellsouth.net, canesport at bellsouth.net, and we will uh, take a look at that and, and – um, reevaluate that for you sound like a good guy sound definitely sound worthy of a, a second chance um you're listening to Kane sport live well we're heading into hour number two now we, we want your phone calls to drive this show um the call-in number is 646-595-2048 646-595-2048 we've got um 50 phone lines, enough room for everybody that wants to be part of the show. Um, we'll move as fast as we can through the next hour, try to get everybody in that wants to be in. Um, so that's 646-595-2048. Um, call in now, and, and we'll get you on the show. All right, now we're going to move on to the 515, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is Skibby. Hey, how you doing, Skibby? Good. Just uh, one quick question for you. Um, you know, I think everybody's, you know, been hyping up our offensive line, you know, pretty much since last year, expecting the line to be, you know, huge for us. But one thing we've really struggled with in the past is run blocking. Uh, they just, you know, for whatever reason, haven't been getting it done. Uh, what have you seen, you know, during the spring and during the summer and this fall that makes you think that we're going to be significantly improved in the run blocking area? Well, they're bigger, they're stronger, and they're more experienced um, than any of these guys have ever been, obviously. And you've got a veteran group up there. Um, and the thing that I like from what I've seen is the way Duke kind of hi hides behind these big bodies, and then he sees the gap and, and he goes. And I, and I just think that 
you know, they're going to be a very versatile offense. I think they're going to be able to run the football with Duke. And I think that that's going to open up the passing game with the play action pass. Because um, if you're going to defend these guys um, with, with Duke Johnson having the skills that he has, you're going to have to bring safeties into the box. And then once you bring the safeties into the box, you've got five or six receivers on this roster that will run right, right by everybody. So I, I think it's going to be an exciting offense. I think it's going to be a big play offense, um, and I do think that they'll be able to have success running the football. Now, Skibby, that said, one of my concerns is what's going to happen on third and two. Um, you can't, to me, you can't throw the ball every single time. You know, you got to be able to pick up those short yardages. And I'm not sure until, at least until we see Gus Edwards show that he's capable of doing it. I'm not sure that Eduardo Clements, um, Dallas Crawford, and I don't think you want to be doing it with Duke on a constant basis. Um, are built for that type of game, and 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 to me, that's one of the holes right now on this Miami roster is, is short yardage and. Uh, until they prove to us that it's going to be better than what it's been, and you very astutely noted that it's been a problem in some of these past seasons, um, I'm going to you know, be concerned that, that that's one little weak spot uh, for this team. Um, but running game as a whole, especially on first and second downs, where you've got the, the, the threat of a wide open field and run pass, um, I think they're going to be very successful with the running game. Do you see any opportunity to – bring Mo Higgins back as, as the running back and bring like a tight end in as fullback for a big package, big jumbo we'll package. I mean, it's gotta be an option. I'm, I'm sure it's on the table for, for James Coley. Um, you know, if, if he were doing it in, in practice, and I know that they wouldn't want us to tell you about it. Um, but you know, Higgins is without question capable of, of carrying the football on, on occasion. And, you know, we can't really say with any definitive nature, how good he would be as a short yardage running back because he's never done it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in you don't shoot your mouth off until somebody proves that you have a reason to. And, you know, so you, 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 you never hear me making all kinds of wild proclamations about anything. Um, but without question, that should be something that can be on the table. Yeah. I just, I, I hope we're not, uh, all right, Skippy. Sitting on our... Yep. That's, that's all I had. All right. Hey, thanks for calling. Hopefully we'll hear from you again next week. Let's move on now to the uh, 615. Um believe that's the Nashville area, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. How you doing? It's Third Kane. Who's this? Hey, how you doing Third tonight? Third Kane. I'm good, buddy. How you been? We're doing okay. Doing okay. Excited for the start of the season, as I'm sure you are. I believe it. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'll be down there for the Florida game. Not coming down for uh, for uh, Florida Atlantic, but uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, the biggest thing that I see this year that uh, you just named the, the second biggest thing that I'm interested in and in talking about is where's the power back. Uh, I'm a little worried about that, but the biggest thing that I am I'm excited about is what's going to happen on special teams. You know, if there's one thing, uh, in my opinion, that Al Golden has done over the last three years is bring in the specimen. And uh, we missed the specimen over the last seven years, in my opinion. And um, I think I think Big Al's bringing it back. We've got those guys that can be a terror on special teams. And uh, just as Virginia Tech was um, lured and, and applauded in years of old, 
of uh, having those vaunted special teams. I think you're going to see the University of Miami doing that in the next three to five years, and uh, I think it starts this year. Um, yeah, I agree I'm with excited you. Yeah, about I, it, I, think, I think it's something that's very high up on uh, Al Golden's agenda. You know, I, I think he believes in special teams, and he believes that his football team should be one of the best in the country on special teams. When you combine the athletes that they're able to recruit um, with, you know, the type of talent you're able to put out there as returners and and things like that, you know, they they haven't really been able to make a click in the return game like they probably would like to the last couple of years. Um, but maybe that changes this year and. Um, I, I think that, like, I expect every play of the game on offense to be exciting. I'm expecting every special team's play to be exciting as well, with, you know, with the athletes they have on this team. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, the last comment is, you know, Al, Al's taken over uh, special teams, and um, there's there, there's something to that, um, whether or not he's, he's uh, on a sidebar handing it off to somebody else. He's in charge of the unit. He'll take responsibility for the unit, and I think we're going to start to see a major difference. I mean, for crying out loud, they're on the they're on the field uh, 20 to 25 times a game. Um, it's a major component. We've missed that in the last few years, and uh, yep. I think it'll no be back. I think it'll make a major difference, man. So, hey, I'll uh, hopefully see you on the sideline this year, and uh, you guys take care. You got it. Thanks for calling. Hopefully you'll be back with us again next week as we uh, get ready for the Gators. Uh, Let's jump on over to the 864, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hello? Yep, you're on on the air. Hey, Gary. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, This is Adam from South Carolina. Hey, Adam, you a Kane Sport subscriber? Uh, Not yet. Not yet. Oh, we got to uh, get you on board. We got to get you a login yeah. name. <laughs> I know, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, that's all right. What uh, can just, we do for you tonight? Just getting late into the conversation. Uh, probably missed some of it, but I was curious. Uh, you know, being in South Carolina, we can't get down to watch uh, some of the practices and and Canes Fest and whatnot of uh, scrimmages. Uh, do you see a significant improvement in our secondary um, as far as where we've grown from last year? And just being in position to make plays versus uh, just seeing a really large amount of wide open receivers last year. It seemed like every quarterback had, you know, career stats against our secondary. What have you seen in person just being around uh, the practices and scrimmages? I I think I see a great deal of improvement in in the cornerback play. Okay. Um, Like I said it to the last caller, I'm not big on throwing all kinds of you know proclamations or wild statements around until I actually see it um on the field you know with my own two eyes like you guys um but I, I believe I see better cornerback play I, I really liked what I was seeing from Antonio Crawford um when I had the opportunity to watch him some on the practice field, and Tracy Howard beat, is right now is beating him out for the starting job. So, you know, to me, that's a good sign because that means Tracy Howard um, has also raised the level of his game. You know, obviously some concerns there about his foot speed. Um, you know, he's only about a four, six guy, um, but he was a five-star cornerback and, and you really expected Tracy Howard to, to develop at this point of his career into being a quality player and a starting level player. And that's what he's done. And so has Antonio Crawford. So you take those two guys with Ladarius Gunter. Um, and I think you've got three decent cornerbacks 
that you can win with. And uh, to me, the variable with the secondary is going to be the safety play. Um, I think that's still very much a question mark. Obviously, Deion Bush has been limited in practice so far in camp. Um, we don't really know you know, how far along he is yet and, and what kind of shape he's going to be in here early in, in the season. Um, Rayshon Jenkins has just claimed the starting spot um, over A.J. Highsmith. We don't know for sure um, yet at what stage of development he's at. You know, he's shown us some prom- promise, actually, obviously, last year when he started a couple ball games. Um, but are we re- ready to proclaim him as – you know, an impact player or somebody that you know you can count on down after down. No, I'm not sure that we can do that yet. He has to prove it to to all of us, you know, here on the field. Um, you know, Casey Rogers ha- had a very good training camp. Um, so, you know, we'll see how he shows up this year. You know, he's been a little shaky the last couple years. Um, how much more can a guy improve? Um, you know, we're going to have to just see how he is. So, you know, secondary, you know, without question, to me, is is still a um, a, a work in progress. Yeah, and it should right, help so, um, uh, get some pressure on the on the quarterbacks. Should help a little bit too. So, all right, Gary, thanks, man. I know you got other callers. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for calling us, and um, you know, hope you'll get on board on canesport.com soon. And uh, when you call back next week, we expect you to have a login name. Uh, we have a mystery guest that I see is, has come on the line now. And um, before we bring him on, um, I had a little bit of audio here that I wanted to play for everybody, so we'll go right to it. That's back up brilliantly executed play by Turner Gill. 24 yards and a touchdown now. It's a 31-30 game. And what does what the do? do? I have not seen the kicker come on the field, and I don't think he's coming on the field. And I might as well, I think that... They've got things going their way. Tom Osborne made this decision a long time ago. Don't think that this situation caught him by surprise. He's decided to go for two and take a shot and win, and I commend him for it. This is for the national championship for Nebraska. Friday night, you know, Hurricanes starting another season against FAU and 
uh, the latest reunion of that 1983 national championship team. And I'm sure for you, it it, it never gets old uh, coming back and, and being part of the festivities. No, it's, it's a great time coming back to Miami, uh, watch the Canes play, watch the the athletes perform. And um, I really think they're turning the corner in reference to getting back where we were before. This yeah, Kenny Calhoun. Good, good, Bruce. Yeah, uh, so now that Gary mentioned 30 years, uh, you realize that you turned around not just the University of Miami football program, but the coaching staff, all the players on the team and their families, everybody in that stadium, and all of South Florida. That play, is, to me, and I, I think Gary agrees, is the single most important play in the history of Miami football. How does it feel to have an impact, not only on that game, but all the lives of all these people over the last 30 years? It's an epic feeling, you know. I I, um, I welcome it, and uh, it's uh, unbelievable, you know. But as, as you know, I didn't get there by myself. I didn't do it by myself. The players and the coaches, we, we position ourselves to be in, the, in a position to continue the dynasty. So, it was it was a team effort for sure. The uh, the city was behind us. The the school, the administration, everyone believed. So that being said, you know we all believed. So we all you know prospered. Quickly, Gary, because I I I I wanted Kenny to answer this. What was your read on that play? What was your assignment? And were you reading run first and then pass? Tell us. Just take us through that one play. Well, believe it or not, uh, the coaches did a fantastic job scouting Nebraska, and uh, in those situations, they oftentimes ran a flood in the wide side of the field. So, uh, you know, we designed the play, uh, 55 double dog trio, which put us in a situation to to defend that play. Um, You know, the safety, Eddie Williams and myself, we had a combo coverage on the number one, number two, and number three receiver which was Fryer and um, Jeff Smith. So um, they they crossed. Uh, you know, pretty much we knew that Fryer wasn't going to get the ball, and he was the number two receiver. Uh, that was my, my, my man. Uh, Eddie had number three, Jeff Smith. It was kind of impossible for him to make it in the flats, for, uh, make it into the flats from his uh, safety position. So we just comboed that coverage. And it put me in a position where I could um, step in front of the ball and bat it away. So pretty much we anticipated that play being called, and, um, you know, we made good on it. Everybody everybody in South Florida is happy about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, Kenny, I mean, you know, you talked about, you know, having the the, the, – you know the special defense to stop that play, and even with that, you you only got pretty much a fingernail on the ball. <laughs> two two fingernails, Gary. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you let you let them grow long that week. Right. Well, you know um, they ran a a dynamic offense. You know they really um, did it well. They produced the Heisman Trophy winner, and you know Turner Gill was a phenomenal quarterback. He he only had two interceptions coming into the the ball game, so you know they executed extremely well. You know they probably had the number one offense in the nation, so they scored 
63 points a game. So, you know, they they were precise, so it took something, you know, out of the ordinary to to defeat. And, um, you know, being in in the position is one thing, but making a play is another thing. So you can be in position, and if you're playing a great opponent, they could still win. But uh, fortunate, you know, we we were able to make some plays that night. That's good. Yeah, and Gil was right-handed, so if they were gonna they were gonna flood the right. Obviously, he wasn't gonna go and run to the left and throw across his body. So that was pretty smart of the coaching staff. Oh, absolutely. They they uh, they're brilliant. Like you said, they went on and had uh, marvelous careers in the NFL and two other schools. So, you know, they they really uh, knew how to coach and. Uh, they put us in a position to make it happen. You know, you have to um, give Coach Snellenberger a lot of credit because he hired those those men, and uh, they knew how to win games. Yeah, speaking of Snelly, Gary, what happens if Kenny doesn't make that play? I wonder if Schnellenberger leaves. Um, well, I mean, that's a legitimate question. You know, I'm not sure – really what would have happened in that regard. But, you know, I think there's a lot of question of what would have happened if Kenny doesn't make that play. I mean, obviously, it, it totally changed the Miami football program um, in many, many ways. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how, how things happen. You know, we, we had Coach Snellenberger on earlier in the show, and, you know, first time Osborne had to make the decision to go for two and at Kenny and, and, and put you – in that situation. And, uh, you know, then of course, you, you know, you had to make the play. So, I mean, it, sometimes things just happen in, in funny ways in sports. And, and this certainly was one of them. Um, but I, I want to ask you, I asked Howard this question earlier and I'll, I'll ask you, you know, back when you came to Miami and he's sitting there talking about winning national championships and stuff, did, did you really believe it would happen? Absolutely. I, I, I was, I bought into it. I, I believed, you know, I went to the University of Miami to win a championship. So the the way we prepared, the the way the coaches taught, I I, I bought into it. Well, are you buying into this year? There's an awful lot of hype, Kenny, about the Canes, and uh, the expectations are high. There's seven home games. There's only three out-of-state trips. Uh, it's, the schedule kind of lines up pretty well for the Canes. Uh, yeah, Friday is FAU, but I don't think anybody's expecting us to lose that game. But the, the game against the Gators, which since you left 30 years ago, we've only played them a handful of times because they don't want to play Miami anymore. But as you look at this team now, don't you get the sense, forget the NCAA, what's going to happen, don't you get the sense that they're really on the right track and something big is starting to happen again? Uh, absolutely. I was at the spring game, and uh, I really uh, noticed a, a, a change in the team and the, the attitude of the team, you know, they were making less mistakes, they look better conditioned, and the, and the players are, are looking to have bought in to uh, Coach Golden's uh, philosophy. Um, you know, that, that goes without saying with the mistakes. So they're, they're learning the system. It's been three years now. So, you know, you can't make the excuse that, hey, it's a new coach and they're learning the system. Three years, in my opinion, is enough time and one thing that we did last year, we at least qualified to play in the ACC championship game. That's something we hadn't done since we entered the conference. So, you know, we, we headed the right way. So one or two games uh, that we win that, you know, is close, that will take us over the top. Yeah, now, and a lot of the callers talk about it, and Gary talks about it all the time, uh, the play of the defense. Now, you're looking at it from where you were, 
a lot of the guys are worried about the secondary coverage and the play of the linebackers. But in talking to guys like Russell Maryland and Darren Smith and a lot of the guys that I know, you, and I'm sure you're going to agree, you look at the defensive tackles. If they're getting pushed around, the defense is going to struggle. If they're moving upfield and occupying the offensive linemen, then, then the linebackers are going to not get chipped. They'll make plays, and you guys are going to make plays. Would you agree that if you watch the D-tackle play, if they're playing well, the rest of the defense should be playing better? Absolutely. You get pressure on those on, on, on the quarterback. You know, he has to make quicker decisions, and it puts the uh, defensive players in position to make plays because he's throwing the ball sooner than he, he would like to. You know, that D-line sets the, the, the pace for the rest of the defense. So if they're getting upfield, getting pressures, you know, it makes a, 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 a big difference on the rest of the play of the defense. So, Kenny, you excited for the reunion Friday? Absolutely. Yes, sir. I think all I'm, your... I'm excited about. I was, I was going to say, I think almost all, I was going to say almost every, every, I think almost every one of your teammates is coming back. Yeah, I've been talking to Reggie Sutton and uh, Eddie Williams, and uh, we're all excited. Still there? You know, um, yes. You, you hear me, Gary? I'm here. I hear you. Okay, yeah, yep, we, we we're you. excited about coming back. Uh, we'll be there Thursday and Friday, so uh, we're excited. Yeah, I had lunch with Eddie Brown a few weeks ago, so uh, he's was. all excited this, too. Yeah, Eddie. Well, we're, you know, we're looking Eddie forward Brown. to seeing you. and Yeah, downtown Eddie Brown. He was the man, no doubt about it. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you and, and, and everybody else um, at Sun Life on, on Friday night. It, it should be an exciting evening for Coach Snellenberger with, you know, all you guys back in town and his FAU Owls coming in to play the Hurricanes and fulfill um, another dream that he had as a coach in, in his long career. And um, we thank you so much for joining us tonight, um, along with Bruce, and uh, ho hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you again uh, down the road. All right. Thanks for having me, Gary, and thank you, Bruce, for making it happen. My pleasure. I'll see you, I'll see you right. at the pregame dinner, Kenny, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks. All right, guys, we'll see, Harry, we'll see you, you guys. Thank you very much. It was fun. Yep, we'll see you guys on Friday night. All right, um, we've got about 30 minutes left here tonight um, on on Kane Sport Live, and, and we've got a wide open board. The call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We set the table with uh, the whole plethora of subjects uh, to talk about, along with anything else that might be on your mind. Um so call in, and um, we'll get to as many calls as we can here in the next 30 minutes in rapid-fire fashion. And we are going to start right now in the 770. You are now on Kane Sport Live. Hello? You with us? Sounds like he's driving, and we lost him. Another call from the 770. Um, you are now on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. Yes, sir. Hello. How are you? You're hey, with us. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, this, hello, you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, this is uh, Royal, man, up here. Um, I met you a couple of times at the uh, at the Georgia Tech game. I always holler at you and whatever. But um, I got a couple of questions for you. I don't know if you can answer them, but I've been having a problem with uh, a couple of things they're doing down there, like um, – why are they playing a game on Friday night? I mean, you probably can't answer that, but 
that's high school night. And high school in South Florida is very important to all of us. I don't yep. understand why they're opening the season on a Friday night. And I got another major problem, Gary, major problem with them turning down that game with LSU. Now, I'm 42. That's not the Miami I know. And, I, I mean, playing Arkansas State, that there's no benefit. There's absolutely no benefit in Miami playing uh, Arkansas State and you turn out a game with LSU. It's the beginning of the season. It just, to me, it just sends a message that you don't think you can win a big game. And that's just not the Miami that I've known. And, 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 um, and uh, the AD, his excuse for it, that made no, no sense. I mean, his reasons. He's saying he's um, building a, um, a, a championship schedule. No, no, sir. You you have a strip of schedule component involved in this. You don't turn on a game with LSU. I, I just don't understand that, Gary. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the Friday night first. Um, okay. I, I think I, I think that um, the game was scheduled on Friday night for a couple reasons. I think uh, for starters, there was a, a television window there on ESPNU uh, that the ACC and my and Miami was asked to fill, and and I I think you know when you're talking about opening your season against Florida Atlantic, um, to, to have the opportunity to be on national TV. I'm not sure you turn that down, even if it is on Friday night. So I, I think that had something to do with it. I think the other thing that had something to do with it was you've got the Florida Gators a, a, the next week, um, and this gives them an extra day uh, to prepare for that ball game. And uh, you know, coaches love to have time when they're preparing for big games, and uh, I, I think adding a, an extra day onto the week uh, is certainly not going to hurt Miami in that regard, particularly when you're looking at a noon game the following week. So I, I think in combination that those are probably the two main reasons that you're seeing the opener on Friday night. Um, getting to your other question, you know, that, that's, that, that's an interesting topic. And, you know, when, when word got out that Miami had turned down the opportunity to play LSU, um, you're not the only one out there that had that opinion. Um, I know I, okay. I received, uh, I received many phone calls. Uh, from alumni, former players, fans, things like that about the really? subject. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people okay. felt the way that, that you felt about it. And, you know, I, I, I spoke to Blake James uh, about the subject, and, you know, okay. his, ex, his explanation really made a lot of sense. You know, you go play LSU in Houston, uh, that's essentially uh, an LSU home game. You know, Houston's very, very close to Louisiana, obviously. And, no. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, well, this okay. Was, well, well look, this, this was the feeling. You know, it's kind of like playing Notre Dame in Chicago, which they did last year, um, playing LSU in Houston. And, you know, as you know, all of the you know, Miami fans that loved, you know, love the big games. I mean, you, you saw what happened, even though the team played like, you know, like doo-doo in Chicago last year. The, right. You can't you can't replace the experience that all the Miami fans had going to the to the Windy City that weekend, and um, everybody was out, exactly. you know, on, on Michigan Avenue having a good time, and um, there was a great Miami presence at Soldier Field that day, and it clearly meant a lot to everybody to be part of that big time college football game again. So I know exactly where you're coming from, and I'm with you a hundred percent. But I also understand yeah, but, the flip side. But, you know, I understand yeah, the flip see, side. Well, my I'm sorry, but see, my thing is also, I mean, I've been following recruiting for a long time. I mean, just like you have, and I follow your site. Houston is a major recruiting ground for Miami. We recruit in the city of Houston. 
That would have been a well, perfect we used opportunity. No, no. It used to be. It has not been probably for the last maybe seven, eight years. But there was a time, you're right, when inner city Houston was a was a big part of the Miami recruiting plan, um, and that's kind of gotten away. Uh, you know, I think a lot of that is often determined by who's on the coaching staff, what connections they have in different cities, and those kind of things. Um, but you know, I think what Al Golden is trying to do right now is, is he's trying to get to Charlotte. You know, I mean, he's just trying to get to Charlotte. Miami's never played for the ACC title. Um, it's been ten years since. The program's been in a BCS bowl game. He's trying to take one step at a time, get to Charlotte, get to a BCS game, and then win the ACC and then worry about trying to be Alabama and LSU. And to go play LSU on the road um, in Houston just didn't fit that agenda right now at this point in time. A few years from now, if things go well, you know, I think you, know, you, you might see Miami accept a game like that again. Um, and, and take that shot, um, but right now at this point in time, you know they had their reasons for turning it down, and I, you know I can't argue with it as much as I like wow. you would have would have loved to go to that big game. I mean I understand where they're coming from as well. Gary, yeah, I mean I, I understand I understand what you're saying, but man, just listen oh, to I me, know. man. It sounds it sounds real weak. It's uh, oh I know. I'm it's saying it sounds tough. weak, man. Oh my god, and then what you said. Is exactly what I was thinking, and all my my, my King fans up here, you know, I, we all said the same thing. It sounds real weak. And Joe Rose, uh, I'm I'm a little upset with Joe Rose for not having yeah, going about this. Yeah, okay. All right, well I'll be listening. It's a slippery slope. Anything else tonight? Okay. Um, uh, again, hopefully you'll uh, call call us again in future okay. weeks. Um, you know, thanks oh, a lot no, no. for calling tonight. Uh, we, we still have open lines on the board. We're going to get as many calls as we can in in the next 20 minutes. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Um, let's go now to the uh, 256. Um, you are now on Kane Sport Live. Thanks for holding up. Thank you, Gary. This is Kaniac again. I oh, okay. It. You didn't, yeah, you didn't get enough the, the last time, time huh? Yeah, but <laughs> What what I did, you know, want to touch on is when you had Snelly on, and you know, as longtime Kane fans, you know, how can we not love him? And like you said, he has, you know, admitted many times the mistake, you know, and how many NCs we could have won with him. There's no telling. When JJ came in, he has. Stated, you know, although he won a national championship as a player with Arkansas, he won one with Miami, and he's won Super Bowls with Cowboys, but he's always said his college is Miami. And, you know, there's just something about this program that once it gets inside you, it just it is hard to get out of you. And I'm just wanting so bad for these hometown kids, these South Florida kids, to be able to look at Miami like the guys that got it started in the 80s when the Michael Irvins and all the Warren Saps and all them started coming through, the way that they looked at them guys and idolized them guys. That's what I want for this younger generation, to look at these guys like, I want to be the next Duke. I want to be the next Stephen Morris, you know, I mean, the next Figs. Yeah, I mean, we got young talent here that can start 
you know, producing, and this is the season to do it. This is the season that we can, you know, September yep, no the 7th. No, and, and once the talent produces. Do what now? You know, once the talent produces, I, I was going to say, once the talent produces, I think you'll start seeing the kids oh, feeling that way. I mean, that's yeah, what used to we, happen. All we need is this one special season. Al has the team to do it right now, and he knows it. I mean, we got the firepower on the offense. I think that's why he's gone out and worked so hard to try to get us some extra help across the defensive line where we do know that that has been our weak spot to help, you know, help us down the stretch in these tougher games and, you know, pull these games out. And you figure, Gary, when we're going into our first um, – by week, we should be 3-0, and okay? I mean, we're looking for that win against the Gators. It ain't going to be easy, but I just think that Al has these guys focused, set, and, I mean, it's it's just business right now. There ain't no joking around. And I think when all these recruits come to that game, when they see – the enthusiasm, and, and I'm talking about a couple commits to the Gators, like Dalvin Cook and and a few others. But I think when them guys see the enthusiasm uh, from our commits, the, uh, the the way the Kane family has always been portrayed as the best fraternity in college football, and just the atmosphere of a win, I mean, I think the headliners – are going to be wanting to play for Miami again. And this one special class, this one special year, can just skyrocket this program right back to where we need it to be, where we, you know, where we're not just having mediocre seasons anymore. That is not the norm here. That's not what is expected. We, I mean, excellence, that's what's expected here. And we, we are close. We are so close. And what Al's been able to do under all these circumstances, you know, I've I've said it on the board a a few times, there may have been a coach in America that could have done it as good, but I don't think there's a coach that could have done it any better the way he's kept it together here. I mean, you know. No doubt, Kaniac, and um, glad glad to hear how how fired up that you are and – you know, oh, I, well, hopefully hours now the team, hopefully now the team you know produces um, on the field and and makes you happy. Hope we'll hear from you um, next week. I'm sure uh, Kaniac, a fired up guy. Yeah, baby. Yeah. All right, let's move on now to the eight six four, and you are now on Kane uh, Sport Live. How are you tonight? Hello. Okay, we got a drop call there. Let's move on to the 770. We've got a wide open board. You can call in at 646-595-2048. We've got 17 minutes of show left. We'll get to as many calls as possible. You are now on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Hello? This me, Gary? This me? Yep, you're on. Hello? You're, oh, you're with us. You know what? I we, some of these callers probably just listening to you on the on their cell phone, and when you say <laughs> hello, <laughs> they shocked because this is the they're, they're, time. They're, stu- they're, they're hey. stunned. <laughs> what can we yeah, do for you tonight? So, but, uh, I respond because this is my second time on. I had called about you letting me back on the site. 
But I respond back to that um that caller who was talking about the the big games, and you know I'm I'm I, I'm kind of disappointed where when you say like we're not ready for the the Alabamas and the whoever else yet. I think we have enough talent right now to compete with anybody. But it's it's, it's getting ready from week to week. That's been our problem from game to game. You know, not being able like no. what is his name? You know what? DB who played in '83 who was on the phone. What's the DB name? Uh, Kenny Ka- Kenny Calhoun. Kenny Calhoun, yeah, like he said, those coaches had them ready for that play. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They had them ready the, the, for you know from week to week. Back in the day, we used to be ready for anything if it was the option, if it was a passing team, whatever. We was ready for those teams, and I think it's all boils down to, like he said, who how was Snellenberger hired? to get them ready, who prepared them. And I don't think it's been a lack of talent because we've been getting four-star talent and three-star and five-star. And when you know rivals, anything that's coming into the UL, they're going to lose a star and a half anyway most of the time. So I think we I think we have the talent, but the, the, some of the position coaches, I don't know what you're seeing in practice like those DBs. We got a lot of four-star and five-star DBs. There ain't no reason we shouldn't be able to fill a set of DBs that can cover folks now. It's just ridiculous. And the tackling, you know, I, I you know, I'll let you respond to what I'm saying, and I'm gonna listen. Well, you know, I, I think your sentiments are the same as a lot of the fans out there, you know. And but but I will say this: that, you know, if you're good enough to play Alabama you'll get to play Alabama. You know, there's nothing wrong with having it happen going through Charlotte. Um, so I don't really You're right. have, You're right. you know, I don't have a problem right now with, with the Al Golden plan at all. Um, you know, I understand, you know, when, when you've had 10 long, hard years and, you know, foot, fans, you know, have a hard time, you know, separating from the past and, and, you know, it's been ten rough years here, man. And you know, you got to start somewhere. And in a sense, this program right now is where it was when Howard Schnellenberger was here. And you know, you're trying to bring it back, and and you're taking step by step. And you know, you're trying to get to the point to get into that big game. Well, no matter who you schedule, you can't get to the big game without winning the ACC. And, and right now, that that's where Al Golden has set his sights, getting his team to Charlotte win in the ACC, and then see what the record is and where that takes you in a bowl game. And if it's good enough to land you in a national title game or something against Alabama, well, then you'll get to find out if you have the talent to stay on the field with Alabama. And, you know, the fact that you're not willing to do it in a neutral site game uh, that's that's no, not no. really a neutral site, you know, I don't right now at this hey, state of time no, no. have a huge problem. Gary, don't get me wrong. I don't agree with going over to Houston playing LSU. But right. let's say maybe next year or the year after, they come to you and they want to do a home-to-home. And I get tired of Miami going and have to go to these teams first. Make them come play us first. If they ain't <laughs> willing to do that, no. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not I'm not in agreement with being, you know, being pushed around. Like, um, like Coach Snellenberger was saying, they had to go up to Tampa. I hate that. You know, to accommodate somebody, if, if you got to do all that, forget them. Because, really, they're scared of you. But if they willing, some of these teams willing to come to our field and we go to them, I'm all for it. You know, I don't want – we shouldn't be – I don't think we should be going around saying that, you know, putting that out in the air for, like, young players to hear that we're, we're 
It seems like we're ducking folks now because we don't believe we're capable of of getting ready. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you know, and and the tr- truthfully, you know, you back then that was the situation Miami was in with the Gators. You know, the Gators held the the upper hand in, in terms of scheduling and. You know, Miami had to give in on that game in Tampa to keep the series going, and it, it wasn't right. But you know, it wasn't right when they had to do it with Notre Dame in, the, in in this last cycle, where you know they had to play Notre Dame last year in Chicago to get the home and home in the future. Um, but you know, if if you want the upper hand, you got to keep the upper hand. And, and and right now, this program does not have the upper hand. Um, it, it seems like it's on the cusp of, of starting to get it back. Um, but you know, right now, that's just not the case. And uh, you know, so it is what it is, you know. You, you just got to hope they come out of it here. So, have they sold out all the season tickets yet? Oh, you'll never sell out all the season tickets in Sun Life Stadium. You have 77,000 seats there. But um, from what oh, I've heard, they have filled – Well, I mean, they they yeah. filled most of the lower bowl, um, I, I believe, and you know, which is a good start. And, you know, obviously uh-huh. they'll have some games where the single-game sales in the upper deck will, you know, will be decent. And uh, hopefully the home crowds will be better this year. I think the atmosphere will be. And the tailgate is starting at 6 o'clock on uh, next Saturday. For the, for oh, no, I, no, the I think they're opening it at, like, I think on, you talking about Friday night? I think it would start at probably about 3 o'clock. Maybe even, so like, you know, I, Oh no 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 no! Oh, you're talking about the Gator game. Um, yeah, yeah. it'll probably start uh, if kickoff is it is it at noon. Yeah, they'll they'll probably open the gates. I would think it's six seven a.m. So everyone will be storming the gates. I'm sure to have breakfast. Well, I'm flying down from Atlanta that Wednesday, so I'm gonna be able to check out that uh, that Miami Booger T and Central game. And I was at the Booger T and um, North Cross game. They put a whooping on them boys. Oh, good. So you'll get to yeah, you get to. Uh, You'll get to double dip a little bit. All right, well, give us a call next week, and we'll talk um, about the Gator game. Um, right now, we're going to jump back to the um, the 770 again, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hello? You're live on the air. All right. Um, we've, we've got an open board. For you, we got a 10 minutes of show left. If you want to get your call in, it's 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Now we're going to go to the 954, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. How are you? Hello. Mr. Farmer. Doing good. How are you doing tonight? Who's this? Yeah, this is Hurricane Mike. Remember last week you told me my wife gave me permission to talk. I didn't talk. I was trying to. Clean up. I keep hearing a lot of rack racks. I had to call. I was trying to just <laughs> so sit got, back and you, enjoy the show. You know, you got the dishes done tonight, huh? You got the dishes done early. Yeah, so I, let you call I in. don't know how you know, because that's why I'm in the kitchen right now. <laughs> what can we do for you? Hey, uh, what I wanted to talk about was about you know this is the first time I heard that uh, we wasn't going to play against uh, that we refrained from playing LSU. I never heard that until tonight on your show. But this is what I believe. Everybody got their reason why they don't want to play or whatever. But to me, this is, you know, I feel like if you want to know what you really got, play the best. Play the best. I don't care what you got to play them at, play them. Then that way you know what you got, then you know what you got to go get. You never know where you're at until you play the best. You keep playing average people, you're going to be average. When you play good people or great people, you become great. That's just how I believe, and I believe that's hurricane football. But don't get me wrong. I love Al, and I love what he's doing. So whatever decisions he makes, I support him 100%. So I'm 
So I'm not going to get on the phone to talk against Al about their decision or Mr. Blake or whatever decision they make. I'm a Hurricane fan. I support the Hurricane. So whatever they want to do, I'm going to back them 100%. And that's all I have to say. And I will right, the game Friday. Thanks for, right, for calling, and, and hopefully next week you'll get the dishes done early again and you'll be able to uh, join us again on uh, on Gator Week. All right, now we're going to bounce uh, real quick. Let's see. We're going to go to the 407, and you are now, and on, you are King now on King Sport Live. Hello? Hello? All right. Drop uh, call there. Let's jump over to the 423. And you are now on Kane Sport Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, got a quick. I guess my thing about the whole not playing people would be uh, we're not there yet. Um, I I think I've I think I understand uh, Al Golden's deal. I mean, look look at what happened last year. Went to Notre Dame, went to Kansas State. Um, it's just not a, it's just not a real good thing for us. I I think this year's schedule sets up a little bit better. Um, I think if we would have had maybe at Notre Dame that Kansas State this year, I think we could have proven ourselves a little bit more. Um, the defense was way too young. Um, I think uh, I think this year should be really good. I'm expecting nine and three, ten and two. Would love to go eleven and one. Um, but um, I guess my my biggest question for you is the offensive changes. Um, how much how much will they show us against FAU if we have it in hand? Um, to set us up for Florida. I mean, I would expect us to uh, keep a lot under wraps, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, you figure you go into the Florida, you go into the FAU game, let's say we're up 21 to nothing, kind of just see us, you know, being okay with 28-7, 35-7, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. But, you know, when you run a pro-style offense, I mean – yeah, I get, you know, you're hiding a little bit in the passing game. You're not going to want to show uh, your entire entire route trees and things like that. Um, but you're going to run your your core running plays, and you're going to want to get experience for your kids. You know, in in the heat of a battle, and and get ready for, for the Florida game. I'm I, I, in the running game. It's it's it comes down to execution. So I don't you know think there's a ton of hiding things, so to speak. I I, I think they'll obviously keep some of the passing game under wraps uh, for the opener. Um, but I think you'll get to get a good feel for the pro-style offense that James Coley's going to put on the field and, you know, mix the run in the pass, use a little play action, and uh, try to score points. Okay, and then um, I know that you're getting ready to get off. I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, over under on about how many touches Duke Duke Johnson averages a game, and then um, how big of an impact do you think Stacey Coley has? Um, I know you've answered some of this in the past, but we're getting really close, and um, you know, Duke in the return game and all that good stuff, I've, I know that he's kind of listed, you know, with the orb beside his name. Um, I say if he can do it, put him out there. Um, I don't think, you know, granted, if you're up 35-7, to 7, there's no need for him to be returning a punt. But, yeah, um, I think uh, – and, that, and that's probably I think how they'll use it. The, the over-under on that's going to probably be about 20, 20, 20 to 25 maybe. I, th- I think you're going to see Duke touch the ball more this year than he did last year. Um, but they're going to have to use him smartly. You know, you want to obviously get him through the season because of his importance to the team. Um, as far as Stacy Coley is concerned, I think he's going to have a big season, a high-impact freshman, a phenomenal athlete um, who's going to make a lot of big plays this year. So thanks for calling us tonight. We're going to try to get to some more calls here before we go off the air. Hopefully you'll be able to join us again. Uh, next week, 
Um, let's shift now over to the 954 again, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? Okay, we're going to jump over to the 770, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. A lot of drop calls tonight. All right, now let's try the 310, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. Oh, hey, Gary. Hello? 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 Yeah, we're with you. Oh, hey, yeah, Gary. Go ahead. It's uh, 310 Kane. Okay. How are you doing tonight? And, uh, I had a... Yeah, I'm doing good. I've um, just been listening to the show. Um start off with uh, the interview with uh, Howard Schoenberg. That was pretty uh, awesome. Um, I, I just had a question with regards to um, so many kids um, being asked to leave and transferring. Uh, but my, my, most of my concern goes to the kids that choose to are actually dismissed. Um, like in the future, uh, is there any plan or, or um, method to sort of uh, weed out the kids that might have like these uh, problems, um, character issues. So um, I, I mean, I was pretty upset to hear that uh, John Tierra's car. Uh, what I mean, Golda wasn't even in the decision process, but John Tierra's car was asked to leave the program, and uh, well, based on all the highlights and whatnot, um, he looked like a pretty talented kid. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't do the right things off the field, got himself in, in, in trouble in a couple of different situations and, you know, was therefore was not able to stay on the team. Um, I, I think the answer, you know, obviously the game plan, you know, and I talked earlier in the show, when you look at the 2010, 2011, 2012 recruiting classes, 34 of the 83 signees those three years are no longer on the roster, and that's supposed to be the nucleus of your team this year. Um, obviously, that's not the blueprint. And, um, you know, I think moving forward, you're going to see that improve as the recruiting hand strengthens. Um, Al Golden and the staff, you know, get a little bit stronger footprint and a little bit stronger weight behind them. Um, I think that'll help them in their evaluations and in the caliber of kids that they end up taking on signing day. And, you know, I, I think you'll see that start to improve here in in the coming months and seasons. Uh, thanks for calling tonight. Hopefully you'll be able to join us in, in, in future weeks. I'm going to try to fit one or two more calls in here real quick. Um, let's jump over to the 954. And um, you are now oh, – we have, we dropped him. Um, okay, the, our final call of the night then is going to come from the 941, and you are now on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is Max Lopez, 21, Sport member. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing tonight? Not bad. Uh, quick question. I know you got to go. Of the three new uh, defensive linemen that we have, uh, particularly Gilbert, do you see him in the same category as, let's say, even uh, McCord? I'm trying to get an idea of how much pass rush we're going to get from Gilbert. You know, a lot's going to depend on his foot. You know, he had foot surgery in the spring. He actually retired from football and, and left the Wisconsin football team and um, then decided over the summer he wanted to play again. I, I think with him, a lot's going to depend on how his foot holds up. And um, and I don't think we'll know that for a couple of weeks. I think we got to see how he looks Friday night and see how he does against the Gators. Uh, and then we'll have a better um, opinion 
on exactly what he's going to be able to offer this team this year. Right now he's running second team, um, but clearly is a guy that if he can recapture his form from a year ago, started the season for a Wisconsin defense in the Big Ten that was extremely good. And, um, you know, he's a guy that if he's healthy, will make a big contribution to Miami this year. How many sacks he's going to get, can't really answer that question. I think right now they're looking to McCord um, and Muhammad to, to really carry that load on third downs in particular. And Gilbert would probably factor in on first and second down in rotation uh, with Green and Chicolo. Um, we're out of time for tonight. Um, hope everybody will have the chance to call in next week uh, as we get ready for the Florida Gators. Great show. I want to thank Howard Schnellenberger for joining us. I want to thank Kenny Calhoun for calling in, the man who changed the face of college football with that big play in the 1983 national title game and thank everybody who called in tonight we'll be back with you next tuesday night for another edition of cane sport live good night hurricane fans